Hello, you lot. Before we get cracking with this week's episode, we've got a very exciting announcement. We are doing a live show on Wednesday, the 30th of December at Up The Creek Comedy Club in Greenwich. The first wave of tickets are now on sale and can be found on the Up The Creek website. The ticket link can also be found on the That Josh James Show Instagram page. We've got some very special guests lined up, a few surprises, Q&A, and who knows, White Boy may even get up and give us a song or two. So come join us for a great night out in our new home of South London. See you there. Well, if I can find a few actions somewhere, <laughs> I'm gonna love it. Backlash makes me horny. We're up for the banter. It's a comedian. Welcome back. You know it is by now. It's me, stand-up comedian Josh James, alongside my co-host, my right-hand man, Chrissy White, aka White Boy. What a grandson. Good mate, how are you? I'm good, mate. Yeah, mate. Feeling good today? I'm feeling really good today. Why mate. are you feeling good today, mate, mate? I feel a little bit overwhelmed, if I'm honest. Yeah, go on. Three years clean, mate. Unbelievable, today. mate. Today. Today. So, I went to rehab on the 5th of November, 2020. Yeah. And uh, that should have been my clean date. But I was getting all my toiletries out when I got to rehab, putting all my bits out in my sink. And I found like a little bag of gear. No, did yeah. you really? It was like there was nothing in it, but it was just like I just opened it and like licked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I was like trying to tell, trying to say that my clean date was the fifth of November. Like, remember, remember the fifth of November. It would have been like a nice clean date, but um, it was actually the day after because on the fifth of November I licked the bag that I found in the uh, that's so in funny, the toiletry mate. bag. So yeah. 6th of November 2020 is my clean date. So Just to um, think that that's how your, you know, using career come to an end. Yeah. Licking an old... You know what I mean? Licking an old bag out of a wash bag. Yeah, yeah. come on, bruv. Yeah. But, um, yeah, mate, look, I woke up this morning and just um, I was really emotional. Mm. I put that post together. I don't know if anyone follows me on Instagram, you know what I mean? But... Um, just dug out some old photos of like what I used to look like and just it really got me thinking about like the place I was just like mentally I was just so sad you know what I mean you can see like how sad I am in my eyes in some of them photos and just like the knock-on effect it had on like everyone around me my family and stuff like that so um and then at the end of the post there's some photos of like what I'm what I'm like today you know what I mean yeah, and just like the massive the turnaround Algarve. You know what I mean? It's like I used the photos where I got a tan, you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> so most of them from holiday. But um, yeah, mate, it was, uh, I got really emotional. My mum rang me this morning just like to say thank you. And I just like proper broke down on the phone. Like it's, um, it's big stuff, mate. Yeah. Big stuff. Like the way I was going, I was gonna die. Simple as that. And I'm not being dramatic saying that. Like you look at them photos, I was wasting away. You know what I mean? Mm. So uh, yeah, to be in a position I'm in today, and like the peace of mind my family's got around it and just like being reliable. I turn up when I say I'm gonna turn up. Mm. And um, just being able to fucking sit still in a chair is enough for me, you know what I mean? I was just constantly moving around. And um, yeah, mate, look, I've got, I got to say thanks to, uh, to so many people, like the treatment center I went to, the lighthouse in South End, that's where it all began, you know what I mean? The counselors there, all the staff. And then I moved on to a place called First Place Housing which is a guy that was sort of affiliated with the treatment center, stayed there for eight months. And then um, my sponsor, John, and uh, basically everyone in, in NA and like my family and friends, everyone who stuck by me, like it's, um, it's been a journey, mate. It's been a journey, it's man. It's been a real journey. Yeah. And uh, yeah, 
Sky's the limit from here, mate. You know Sky's what I mean? Sky's the limit, mate. Yeah, for the first time in a long time, I've got a bit of optimism about, you know what I mean? We can, I can do something in my life because I, uh, I was stuck, you know what I mean? Really stuck. So, yeah, mate, getting a bit emotional talking about it. Well, I was saying to you earlier, it's sort of it's debilitating, isn't it? Yeah. And it is an illness. And it is it an illness. It is an illness. Trouble is, it's an illness what a lot of people don't really have a lot of sympathy towards because they feel like you've put yourself in that position, which obviously to, to a certain degree you have. To a certain extent you do. For me personally, I feel like I was, I was born with this disease. Yeah. Uh, if you look back at my behavior, even when I was a kid, long before I picked up a substance, I would get obsessive over certain things. Well, I've seen pictures of you when you're 12, 13, you were clearly addicted to like chocolate, food, food exactly. little fatty, Harry you know what I mean? You know what Harry I mean? Bow. That was the first real manifestation of, of this disease. I would overeat, I hated being fat, couldn't yeah. stop eating. Just exactly like towards the end, I hated being a drug addict, couldn't stop using. Like, it manifests itself in loads of different ways. Masturbating. <laughs> At times, but <laughs> <laughs> At times, guilty. Yeah. So yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> it's uh, it comes yeah. out in loads of different ways. You know what I mean? The drugs are a real clear, obvious manifestation. You know what I mean? The symptoms are obvious, but, um, and that's all it is. The drug using wasn't my problem. The problem was the disease of addiction. The substances I put in were the medicine to counteract that addiction. And that's what I've learned. I didn't have a drug problem. I had a problem living life without drugs. Yeah. Because they used to numb the pain that I felt. And I felt that pain my whole life. Now, by going to NA, getting through the 12 steps, working with others, the program gives me what I was missing and what I was looking for and that I found in drugs. Basically, the best way I can explain it, the 12 steps, the meetings, working with a sponsor does for me slowly what a line of cocaine done for me instantly. And it's, uh, it's just a much better alternative, you know what I mean? But it takes work and it doesn't happen instant. I'm looking for that instant gratification. That's why I love cocaine so much, you know what I mean? Say you're having a drink, you have one beer, you have another one, then you start feeling it. With cocaine, it's instant. And that's what I liked about it. I wanted to change the way I felt and I wanted to change it now. Does, does, does the job for that few hours? Exactly that. You know what I mean? It numbed the pain that I was feeling and I felt my whole life. You know what I mean? I was basically just like fucking white knuckling it my whole life. So when I found drugs, I was happy because it gave me a, the sense of relief that I've been looking for. And um, then it took it all away. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, 12 steps, mate. That's what it's about. Shout out Bill Wilson. You know what shout I mean? Out, shout out Bill, man. Yeah. Man like Bill. Yeah, man. Because someone actually, when I put the questions out the other day, I was like, listen, we're recording on Monday. Anyone got any questions for us? Blah, blah, blah. Someone said, actually, how do you, um, how do you fight the temptation to, to drink? Mm. Um, and I mean, it is, it is that, that sort of 12 step program is what gives you the tools. Yeah. This is the thing. You're not fighting temptation. No, you're not. Because there's no battle. There's no fight. That, you surrender. Yeah. This is the difference. People are like, oh, you must be, have so much willpower and you must yeah. be so strong. It's like, nah, I held my hands up and surrendered. You can't beat that. It's too powerful. You have to give up. Surrender to the program and then- Admitting that, uh, the, obviously step one, for those of you who don't know, the 12, 12 step program is admitting that you're powerless. Yeah. Um, and that your life's unmanageable. And that your life's unmanageable and that you've got no you know, it's not a case of temptation. Of course it's not. It's and it's not a case of fighting. It's like a paradox. They say it's the only um, fight that you surrender to win. Yeah. 
you have to hold your hands up. You're like, I can't beat that. I tried doing it for years. Can't I tried it getting anymore. clean on my own. I tried using willpower, changing substances, you know what I mean? Putting one down, you pick up another one. It's like, until you can fill that void, that little hole in the soul, they call it, which is too big. You can't fill it up with external things. It's an inside job. So the 12 steps gives you the tools to do that. Great example, yeah. I had a really shit day. I think it was Wednesday in the week just gone. And uh, everything went wrong on this job. <laughs> it was fucking... <laughs> me I ain't getting into it, right? <laughs> everything went wrong, right? This everything sound, went this, wrong. Oh, this sound great. And um, it's pissing down the rain outside. I've got a bad back at the minute, yeah? I'm, like, physically fucking exhausted. I've worked, like, 27 days in a row or something. I ain't had a day off. And um, I just wanted to run. I was like, I've had enough of this shit. Like, mm. you know what I mean? And um, I was lined up to share do an NA share at Chelmsford Prison for H&R, which is hospitals and institutions. We take meetings into places where people can't get out. And um, oh, for fuck's sake, I've got to go and share in the prison. Like, mate, I went in this prison and all of a sudden, my problems weren't so big anymore. Yeah. yeah? And um, it was brilliant. I had to get through like 20 locked doors to get to where I was going. I was on the wing sharing to these guys that are like, some of them are doing fives, eights, you know what I mean? It life. was like, not life, not in that prison, but no. um, big stretches, you know what I mean? Some of them doing little stretches, 18 year olds, chumps for prison. And um, I come out of there, and then I was lined up to do, go and do a step four and five reading with one of my sponsees. So I'm like, for fuck's sake, I've got to drive to South End now and go and do that, right? And there's a line in the original AA book When we're struggling, throw yourself harder to work into working with others. So I gave freely of my time to help other people. I got home, I was buzzing. You know what I mean? From that person I was in the morning where I'm like, this is fucking too much. I don't want to do nothing. I just wanted to curl up in the fucking, on the sofa under a duvet. You know what I mean? But I didn't. I went to the prison. I shared to these guys. They were grateful that I went there. I went and fucking see the light come back on in this kid's eyes. He's only a young kid. Done the step four and five of him. I got home at 11 at night and I was fucking energized, mate. And that's what this stuff is. You get out of self, and you be of service to others, and it makes you feel better. Mm. So if anyone's listening to this now, and they're like, fucking... Because I, I, think, I think that's probably what the biggest problem is. A lot of people, if you've got a problem, one, admitting that you've got a problem is hard. He's mm. hard, but actually, once you do that, they don't necessarily know where they can go to get help with these things. Of course not. So what if someone's listening to this now and thinking, I'm fucking banging trouble. Um, like, how do I, how do I, what's wrong with me? Well, funny enough, one, of our, one of our listeners messaged me the other day saying that she was having a, really struggling. She's yeah. got a couple of young kids. She was like, didn't know what to do. She's scared to reach out because people take children off people if they're in, in they bad do. situations. She was do. like, I don't know what to do. So um, I told her just exactly what I would say to anyone. Go to a meeting. There's a, there's a fellowship for pretty much fucking everything. Yeah, I'll go to NA because it's all encompassing. It's not uh, substance specific. It focuses on the disease of addiction, yeah? Get online, have a look for the fellowship that is... Um, most that, relevant to, mo to, exactly to your that. problem. Most relevant to your problem, or just go to NA, you know what I mean? Because it, it covers everything. And um, get on the website, find a local meeting, go to this place, wherever it is near you, and um, you will be welcome with open arms. And one thing I'd say about people scared about going into, into meetings is that 
I mean, I, I don't talk about that openly, as you do. Mm. But I've been to meetings in the past. Yeah. You know what I mean? Seen and you there a few times, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Not that often, but... No comment. We move on. <laughs> but what I'd say is, um, you know, you're so worried about, like... I know my, my, my preconceived notion of, like, these meetings was, oh, they're all down and out, they're all scumbags. Yeah. I'm not like that. I'm, I'm, I'm a better than that. Do you know what mm. I mean? I'm above that. Yeah. Uh, and actually, when you go into these meetings, you find that actually everyone's pretty fucking normal. Yeah. And um, that's where you need to be, really. You know, like addiction doesn't discriminate. You can be anyone. You can of course, be. Of course you can. I've, I've seen people in their meetings who own multi million pound companies. Yeah, yeah, pulling and up yeah, in Rolls Royce. I've seen people that are fresh out of prison. But when you go in there, you actually realise, really, we're all pretty much the same when you scratch underneath the surface. Exactly that. You know? Exactly that. They say it's the only place where you find the bank manager, the cashier, and the bank robber all in the same place. Yeah. You know what I mean? It don't discriminate. It really yeah. don't. And it says it in the reading. It's like creed, religion, doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Ethnic background, culture, it doesn't matter. It can get anyone. It can get anyone. It can literally get anyone. So I'd say don't be afraid about going in there. Yeah, of course not. Like, for me, I was. When I first started thinking clean, like, what? I can't ever use again. My whole identity was like Mr. Fucking Party Animal. You said when we walked in here, like, me on a night out. Hey, yeah. I was fucking laugh. Like, yeah, and you I loved were. it. <laughs> I loved it. I yeah. absolutely loved it. Yeah. So I was like, take that away from me. What have I got? You yeah. know what I mean? You get to know that when I first got clean, I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know what I didn't like. You find that. You go on a journey. So it's like... The one promise we make in NA, yeah, is that any addict can stop using, lose the desire to use, and find a new way of life, right? So straight away, the treatment portion, when I was in rehab, I stopped using, yeah? After a few weeks, I'd lost the desire to use. The obsession come off me quickly. Mm. And then between then and now, and sort of like ad infinitum for the rest of my life, I'm finding a new way to live. It's a gradual process. And um, it's fucking going all right, mate. You know what I mean? Thriving, mate. It's going all right. You're flying. It really is. I yeah. appreciate that, mate. I do. No, you because, are. Um, yeah, look, it's uh, the majority of people die. Yeah. And the ones that do get clean, most of them go back out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. The people who get clean and stay clean is such a small percentage. Mm. I think the numbers are like 1% of all addicts try and get help. And 1% of that 1% get long-term clean time. It's the odds ain't in our favor, mate. You know what I mean? And a lot of it is taboo. It's not accepted. It's not spoke about as much. You know what? It's getting better in America, but we're still well behind in the UK. You yeah, know what I mean? people just don't really get it. Well behind. I think a lot of like sort of pop culture and like references in films and stuff has made it a lot more widely accepted in other parts of the world, especially America. But um, yeah, not so much over here. My own family, you know what I mean? They understand it now because they've seen me go through it and they've seen what it's done for me and, and for them, you know what I mean? But before, they had no idea what drug addiction was. They thought it was people using needles, junkies in staircases, you know what I mean? And um, I never used a needle in my life. I was the biggest fucking junkie you've ever met, you know what I mean? It's like, just because this drug ain't that drug, uh, basically, what I'm saying is, I think there needs to be a bit more awareness. And look, we've spoke. I'm I'm looking at getting that going at the minute. You know what I mean? Yeah. Me, me and a mate of mine are looking at starting our own sort of um, recovery channel, and we're going to try and try and get people talking about it a bit more. Yeah. You, know what I mean? so, you come up with a good name of that, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Come up with it all by myself, didn't I? <laughs> I come up with a name, didn't I? <laughs>
<laughs> you told your mate you'd come up with a name, though. No. Yeah, of course I did. I was on the golf course. Listen, it's yours. No, well, not anymore because he listens to the podcast. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> we come up with it together, brainstorming. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what we it was. We brainstorm the, uh, yeah. but yeah. But listen, man, I'm so proud of you. Thank you, mate. Um, I appreciate it. And, um, I'm, you know, I think you're a great, you're just, you are a great advert for, you know, just people going out, getting clean and sober. Mm. You know what I mean? And you're not, you're not preachy with it. You're not, you're not looking for sympathy off of other people. You sort of tell it how it is. And um, yeah, I would really encourage you if anyone's listening to this and they, and they, they feel like, if you feel like you've got a problem, you've probably got a problem. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just reach out, slide in the DMs. I'll tell you where to go. Reach out and, 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 and just being honest with it. Like I, I really don't, it, like you said, there's so much stigma attached to, you know, coming out and being, oh, I've got a drink problem, I've got a drug problem or whatever. But uh, trust me, uh, people will have a lot. If You're worried about telling people if you've got a drink or drug problem. To be they honest, already know. They probably fucking already know <laughs> because they're probably giving you the widest berth possible. Yeah. If you, funnily enough, you can't find anyone to go out with on a night out, it's because they don't want to be anywhere near you. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? You know, it, they already know. So well, actually, I, the best I took a meeting into a rehab once, right? And this lady was like, oh, I don't want to go to meetings because I'm worried about what my neighbours are going to say. And I'm like, what about when you're pissed up, acting like an idiot? Yeah, like, they know. You know what I mean? She was in rehab and she was still afraid to go to a meeting. Yeah, they, they know. They, they know. Said, they know, yeah. you know. Got drug dealers pulling up at God knows what time in the morning. They know. Like, yeah. This is the difference, right? So I've my, I've, my son's come to meetings with me before. You know what I mean? Where it's like... I need to look after him. I've got to go to a meeting. I'll take him with me. He's like a little NA mascot. They love him in there, right? Yeah. And he loves it as well. Uh, I get his little headphones and his iPad and he just sits there. And um, in the beginning, and this is like my own missus, yeah? I'll be like, oh, he's coming to meet. She's like, oh, I don't want him going there. Yeah. And I'm like, but he's allowed to go to the pub. Yeah. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. And that's a load of people potential alcoholics, using drug addicts, whatever, that's a dangerous situation. There's a lot of love in those rooms. There, it's the safest place you could ever yeah, take it. Yeah, very caring, yeah. But in her head, oh no, I don't want him going there with them people. Of course. Where it's like, it's the opposite. Yeah. He's allowed to go to the pub. Yeah. Where people are actively using. Yeah. Mad, isn't it? Yeah, he's mad, but you know. But listen, you're, you're, I'm very proud of you, mate. Yeah, thanks Three mate. years, I, I can it. remember when you called me I can't believe it was three years ago. Mate, that's when our friendship really started sort of rekindled. Listen, I, I, I was in the car up here, I said, you know, white boy 2.0. Yeah. White boy 1.0, we was uh, uh, sort of mates, you yeah. know, within our, our, you had your mates and then my group of mates and we sort of interlinked a yeah. little bit for a couple of mutual friends. And um, yeah, I'll text you and pally with you. I'd say he was one of my mates, but since white boy 2.0, you got clean and sober, you're now one of my best friends. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, I mean, I, I would never say I've got a best friend. I've never ever said I've got a best friend, but I've got a close group of my best friends. Yeah. And you are one of them. So why did it come about? Why was I talking to you when I was in rehab anyway? Did I call you? Because I think you knew that I was going through similar. Yeah, what? And I just reached out to you? Yeah. So I think, I'd, I mean, I mean, you'd come round uh, my, to t my kitchen. Charged up. Charged up. Yeah. Ate your nut. You've done it in about 20 minutes. Done a good job though, right? Yeah, you've done a fantastic job. Yeah, yeah. Like I said to you before, if you could like actually survive taking gear, yeah. you'd be a multi-millionaire yeah. on the tiles. You'd do about 10 bathrooms a day. Yeah, no, I was fast. But you were so fast. <laughs> I was fast. <laughs> but I think you'd seen something in my house anyway where I, I was maybe like reaching No, out. I saw 
your key ring. Okay, you saw my key you ring. You had the same key ring as me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, that's right. Uh, and you were like, oh, what this? And fuck knows, I had it on my key ring, and I'm a little bit like, oh, uh, yeah. a bit nervous that you'd asked me. Because I picked up your keys thinking they were mine. Yeah. And then you spoke to me for about an hour. <laughs> yeah, don't you remember I explained the whole Chipmunk and Bugsy Malone beef? Mate, I don't know. I mean, you, used to, you used to talk a lot. <laughs> you saw a lot of bollocks. Yeah. But, uh, I was, and I just sat there and... You were standing in the kitchen and I was playing. I started at the very beginning, like, pepper rhythm oh, and, and that. And I couldn't get away. <laughs> no, probably not. And I explained <laughs> the whole beef from start to finish. Yeah. This week's episode is sponsored by the one and only Kettle Club. Kettle Club is one of the UK's best luxury watch dealers stocking the finest timepieces in the country. From Rollies to Patiks to Cartiers, if you're thinking of treating yourself or a loved one with something special, then you need to get onto Kettle Club. I know these guys personally, and not only do they run a fantastic business, but they're also genuinely great blokes. I've also bought... Uh, jewellery and watches off them in the past. So they are Josh James certified. Give them a follow on Instagram at kettle underscore club or check out their website, kettleclub.co.uk. You can also visit them in their Liverpool Street store located just next to the Anders Hotel by Liverpool Street Station. Not only do they sell watches, they also buy part exchange and offer a polishing service. Listeners of That Josh James Show can receive 15% off of polishing services when you quote That Josh James Show on your inquiry. So if you want to make that kettle looking brand new again, get onto them. You get 15% off if you're a listener of this podcast. That offer is brand dependent. So guys, go check them out. And a big thanks to Kettle Club for joining the journey, joining the team and for sponsoring the podcast. Yeah, I, I think I blocked that out in my. Um, yeah, potentially, mate. Yeah, but 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 yeah, but and and I think we'd always like talk a little bit. Yeah, I always then, liked you, mate. Like we've been to we've been to the same places. You know what I mean? We was we were well, friends. Well, mate, I tell you, one one of the times that you really did rescue me was when uh, one of our good mates. Um, he's got a dad that we like to call Big Fat Seedy Sire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah and yeah. Uh, we used to have quite a few parties. <laughs> Big Fat Sire. And I can just remember getting myself in an absolute pickle and I uh, come downstairs and the only one that's still up of course is white boy yep. and um, yeah I was just fucking all over the gaff what did you think the fridge was the telly I thought the fridge was I was going oh my god what's, <laughs> what's happening with that telly you were like James it's not telly it's a fridge and I was like ah. yeah yeah you were really scared I was really scared and I was just, <laughs> I was going to you know, don't leave me white boy yeah, yeah help <laughs> nah I helped you Mate, that was you the problem on them turnouts. So do you remember Quinn, the dog? Oh, the big Mate, dog. So this yeah. dog was like a cross between a um, a German Shepherd, like an Alsatian, yeah. a Newf Newfoundland, which is that massive, and a Pyrenean Mountain Dog. It was yeah, the it was biggest big old dog. fucking dog. So a big fat side had like a low table. Do you remember? Big like fat, out in the concert. What? Big fat seedy side. Yeah, big fat stinky side, whatever. <laughs> um, so we'd like have all the lines and that wrapped up on the side and this dog would come past with his big fucking tower just like sweep all the packet on the floor. I was like, Quinn! <laughs> Honestly, mate, it cost me a fortune, that dog. Yeah, do you know how he got the nickname Big Fat Seedy Sires? Because once um, someone come through the door and he had the, the dog dressed up in a, in a dress, didn't he? Did he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this true? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you talk shit, mate. We were you like, Big shit. Fat Seedy Sire, what are you up to in here? No, mate, been... You don't have to make up stories about Big Fat Sire for him to be that seedy. No, no, he's very... Oh, mate, he was so funny, though. 
I love what him, a Nick, What a nickname. I mean, he's got... Um, That's his name on Instagram. Big Fat Sire. Big Fat Sire, yeah. Big, not ba- Big Fat Seedy Sire. I don't think his nah. new missus like Big Fat Seedy Sire. No, nah, he's married again now, isn't she he? Like, she likes Fat Sire. I yeah. think she calls him Fat Sire. Yeah, she probably does. Because he's, he's pretty fucking he is pretty fat. Fucking yeah, fat. He's, uh, what a legend, mate. But I don't think she likes Big Fat Seedy Sire. But no. yeah, absolute legend. But yeah, listen, man, I'm fucking proud of you, mate. I really appreciate it, You're mate. absolutely I really do. absolutely flying. I appreciate the opportunity of coming on here. It's like, it's giving me a new little Lisa Lux. Listen, mate. it's, it's it. called That Just James Show, but it's our podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's not, you know, if I had my time again, it wouldn't be called That Just James Show. Yeah, yeah, well, look, it can always be changed, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've been giving you know, that, listen, you know I have been giving that some thought to be yeah, honest, yeah, yeah. but... Um, Maybe let's put it out to the listeners, see if they want to change the name or not. Yeah, no, mate, because if they do, they probably want to change it to that Chris White show. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do that. No, but um, listen, we'll watch this space is what I'd say. Yeah, look, I've, uh, I believe in us, mate. Yeah, mate. I believe in us. With all the feedback we've been getting, I think, uh, I think, I think it's going to work, mate. I really yeah, do. And I hope right. it does, because I love doing it. And uh, I love the feedback from everyone. So. I know, mate. I tell you, this made me, this made me uh, like feel a bit more at home. I was on the telly the other day. I know, mate. I saw you. Big brother. You look good, mate. Did I? You look good. I don't. I think I look fucked. Nah. So I put it on. Me and the missus. I was like, "Come in here." She's feeding the baby in the other room. I'm like, "Just put him down for a minute. Come in here." I push play, and you were sitting there. She's like, "Oh my god, Jamesy, right?" Yeah. And I was like, "Looks well, doesn't he?" And she was like, "Yeah, he really looks like he belongs really? up there." Yeah, yeah. So See, we I, both I, agreed. I felt comfortable up there, but actually, like in terms of my appearance, I thought I look. I looked at myself, and I'm like, "You look. Listen, you ain't. Your best years are behind you." Nah. See, that's what we do to ourselves. Mm. For me, you always look the same. Really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. But no, it was lovely. And uh, it's good to be on the, the Big Brother, obviously. Uh, you said you've not been watching it, but over the years, it's been such an iconic show. I mean, yeah, I've watched it in the past. Like, there's a few series that I got really involved in. Yeah, I mean... I old tell you, school ones. Old school ones. Do you remember yeah. um, the Geordie Geezer that won it? With there, with that, and he he got with that. He shagged that black girl in the pool. Who? What was his name? Anthony. His name was. I can't remember what her name. I think I sort of remember it, but I don't want to say the wrong name and then it seem offensive. Was that the first I mean? ever bang on Big Brother? It was one of them. But what I'm saying is, he broke down barriers for gents like you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For mix. <laughs> race relations, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So that I could move into that space. Oh, he's mate, a pioneer. He's an absolute pioneer. Yeah. Um, I can remember watching it, like, I think it was, you didn't often see, like, people doing that. I mean, you go, like, early Love Islands and they're absolutely going for it. Yeah, but that was sort of geared up for it. I think it was sort of one of them when Big Brother first come on, it was that like, someone needs to bang yeah. quick. But yeah. he was he was called Anthony and he was a Geordie guy and she was, uh, I think she... Makosi, I thought it was Makosi, but you know, I didn't want to. Yeah, yeah, you didn't want to fuck that up. I didn't want to fuck that up. Yeah, you know, yeah. that, that's that's potential career ending. You know, um, but yeah, do you remember that Chike? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I feel like that's one of the first times in this country white black people come together and we're like, yeah, go on. Yeah, yeah, you know an what actual I mean. Real bang. And actually, we're like, yeah, let's let's make some gorgeous little babies. Yeah, I mean, if it keeps going the way it is, I look, I'm all for interracial relationships, you know I am. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, do you think that's the way the world's going to go? That everyone's just going to completely integrate? Or do you think think there's always going to be them like... There's always going to be... I mean, we live in like majority white country, don't we? And I think that's always going to be... Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get you. The thing. Well, this is funny though, because my brother's 
missus is like porcelain white skin, Irish blood. Yeah. Got her ancestry done and she's 8% Nigerian. Really? Yeah. Love that. How good is that? Mate, I'd love 8% to take... 8% Nigerian. I'd love to take an ancestry test. I've got a little bit of Swedish in me. Have you? Mm, Scandinavian. You are pretty good at putting up a bit of furniture. Yeah, mate. Like, I'll flat pack anything, bro. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you flat packed a yeah, few I'll, things. Yeah, I flat packed a few things in my days, bro. Few, uh, but yeah, but one thing I'd say about Big Brother is it's been massively... Um, it's been massively beneficial for, like, people from our part of the world have always thrived. Yeah, on Big Brother. On Big Brother. Yeah. Aren't they? Do you remember Brian Bello? Yeah, cool. Black guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he loves cider. So I've got his best bits here. Is that all good? Yeah, yeah, cool. Um, I've got some of his best bits here that we're going to play. Oh. We should do them on your phone because you've got the no ads. Yeah, mate. I've, I can't keep saying it. You need to upgrade, mate. No, I know. Here we go. It's Brian! <laughs> That's well fucked, isn't it? Do Baz and Proud. Do Baz and Proud. Oh, yeah. Is that what you said? Oh, shit. I'm not really that complicated. I like getting pissed and going out my mates <laughs> and going down lakeside shopping. Brian's like the man, man. How Brian, you not yeah. like Brian? Brian's fat, man. He's 19, he just doesn't look 19, but he's, a, he's just a geezer, and I like him a lot. You fit? Yeah, we're all really, yeah, you really fit. You drink cider? She's fit and she drinks cider. Whistle for a cider. Uh, Brian, you're not drinking a can first thing in the morning, <laughs> Good way to start the day. <laughs> Brian, Pauline is not from Australia. Shut up! Hi. <laughs> Bellamy. He has extreme highs and then extreme lows as well. Like You're gonna fight him. Don't you dare. Give me a hug. My main thing sometimes is not being able to trust me. Don't think about everyone else in your life. It's not just about you. It's not just about you. Oh, I'll take you to yeah, town! Yeah, he's got that face of bad women to him. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it all goes. Doesn't that feel better? Oh, yeah! 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 So he's like, he sort of set the groundwork for like all the reality stars that come after. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so was that pre Towie? That's pre Towie. Is it really? And it, you've. Oh, hang on, hang on. He was going to be on. Well, so do you remember? His, his idea. Towie yeah, was yeah, his that's idea. it. So what was it called? It was called Totally not the only Essex. Way totally Essex. Yeah. Because there's a trailer for it. Yeah. Oh, have you so, seen it? Should yeah, I yeah, find I've, it? I've seen the trailer for it. And it was like, them like, it was like, builders like the Essex version of The Hills. Yeah. That's what they were saying it was. Yeah, no, those those fucking, they're, yeah. they're great, mate. But no, but then they got turned over. So they, basically the idea got stolen. Yeah. Is that right? Well, the line pitchers who, who took the idea originally, they just done it without Brian. Really? Yeah, but he got paid out. Oh, he did? Yeah. Do you know one of our mates used to knock about with Brian Bello? Yeah, yeah, I do. The one who lived next to Jody Marsh. Oh, no, a few of them used to knock about with Brian Bellow. Who? The, the, the hairdresser. 
The Chihuahua. The Chihuahua, <laughs> mate. Yeah, yeah, he snuck about Did he really? Oh, jokes. Yeah. That's funny. But yeah, they, they give him they give him like the cold shoulder. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but he sort of set the groundwork. When you watch that little clip there, where he's like, you know, shut up, and he's like, oh, who's Shakespeare? Yeah, exactly. You know, he sort of set the groundwork for... Yeah, like, like I feel like thick. there's no Joey Essex without Brian Bellow. No, there's definitely not. No, I agree with that. Like, Joey Essex is just a white Brian Just Bellow. a white Brian Bellow. You know yeah. what I mean? He even looks a bit like him. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, a little Look, bit. All uh, what I got from them, that thing that you just showed, he seemed like real up and down, lively one minute, and then, like, crashed. Yeah, I mean, he's 19, isn't he? So he's like... Yeah, I suppose so. Camera's on all the time, in a house with a load of people. Look, so what was Big Brother originally billed as? It's like a social experiment. It's like a social experiment, yeah. Yeah. But, so when does it come out? Early 2000s? Um, no, I would say maybe even 90s. I don't think it was. I think the first ever one, because I was in secondary school, and I started secondary school in 2000. Yeah. So it must have been like early 2000s. What was his name? Craig. Craig, he, Craig. Won it. he was the builder, wasn't he? Yeah, Scouser. Yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. He got a bit of work. And then Nasty that. Nick, because he was trying to get the votes. Yeah. And that was like the end of the world. Yeah. You the think big beef. But do you remember how much people kicked off over Nasty Nick? Because he was like trying to rig the voting and that. How was he rigging the voting? I thought he was putting, like, writing down, saying, like, vote for this person, that person. And he was like, ah, oh, that was, like, original cancelling. Ah, okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Little, I mean, everyone's going mad at Nasty Nick. Little did they know, Jimmy Savile's still at it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Doing his bits. <laughs> Rolf still, like, active. Rolf still, like, oh, yeah. you got a problem with Nasty Nick in Big Brother? <laughs> yeah. How about Jimmy Savile? Go yeah. and fucking look what he's up to, mate. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, he's the real villain. He's the real villain. But I feel like in the 2000s, there was none of that, was there? No, of course not. But yeah, but Gemma Collins was on the Celebrity Big Brother yeah. version. She was very entertaining. Yeah, what was that other girl? Nikki Graham. Nikki Graham. She was. I don't know where she was from, though. Bless her. She um she died, right? She died, yeah. Um, yeah she was hilarious. Yeah, she was funny. All oh, right, Peter, Nikki, you was jokes. Uh, you had Megan McKenna. She was great value in there. Did she go on Big Brother? Yeah, she was Big Brother. That was like still where Megan was like fucking nutty Megan. Yeah, you know well, look, I mean? come on, Megan. We've reached out. We've got a couple of mutual pals. We want to get you on the podcast. We'd love to have her on one. We love Megan McKenna on this show. We really do. We do. One thing I would say is, I do miss the old Megan McKenna. The lively one. I miss the. I miss her. Lively. Yeah, she's. I calmed mean, down. listen, she calmed down massively. Phenomenal voice. Yeah. You know, she like in the arms of an angel. Like she's Come great. On, do you know what I mean? She's like, <laughs> she's she's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not the Meg Megan McKenna off in it. No, we want that lively one. Oh, you fucking you cunts. You fucking cunts. Yeah. I want the Megan McKenna that would slice your bollocks off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You not know, if ways. you were dating Megan McKenna and she says, come home from the pub now, you're coming home from the pub now. Yeah, or you just can't ever go home again. I mean, she, gorgeous girl, though. You probably want to leave the house. No, you wouldn't want to leave her. She's beautiful. She's beautiful. Yeah, good girl. But I miss the old Megan. Yeah. I liked her when she was a little bit, you know what I mean? She yeah, look, I'm sure she still gets the ump every now and then. X on the beach, she was great on that. Yeah, look, I mean, I'll be completely honest, I really don't watch that much reality television. Nah, but you remember like how... Of course I do, I remember the vibes, mate, you know what I mean? Or the one when she was with Pete Wicks on Towie. Pete the Pirate. Pete the Pirate. Yeah. Not a real pirate, mate, come He's not there. a real pirate. Nah. Nah, I remember seeing him on... Uh, oh, this is funny about Pete Wicks, sorry to change the subject. Well, sort of the same subject. 
he went on Bear Grylls the Island. Yeah. Yeah. And um, he's going. He oh. should do well on there as a pirate. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. He was pretty good on the water. So yeah. what he's saying is, he's like, I'm a, I'm a pescatarian. Yeah, don't eat meat. He only eats fish. You don't get fucking vegan right. pirates, man. No, a pescatarian, right? So he only eats fish is what you're saying. Oh, he only saying. eats fish. Okay, yeah. so he's quite pirate-like then. Very pirate-like. Yeah, no, fair enough. Right. Take so anyway, they're all sitting around and this pig just strolls into the camp. Yeah. Right? It's obviously like sniffed out the field. There's pigs on the island. So there's this big rugby player geezer. He's like, look, I don't want to do it, but we're all hungry. Iron out the pig. Let's eat the pig. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Peter Pirate goes, no not having it, I'm a pescatarian, I'm against it, I can't have the pig being killed, right? So then there's like, you know they do the little interviews where it's just them one-on-one -on -one with a camera? He goes, yeah, I've been a pescatarian for six weeks now. Six weeks. Six weeks. Right? That's a new thing. Right? Yeah, killed a pig, man. So anyway, he leads the pig away, Peter Pirate, yeah. gives it a name to like try and pers like personify it a little bit so it's like people are gonna feel bad about killing it. Yeah. Leads it away. Because there was a couple of Muslims on the show as well, and okay. they was like, I don't want the pig around us. You know Praise what I mean? Allah. You know what I mean? Inshallah. So yeah. he takes the pig away. The pig keeps coming back, right? Because it right. can smell the food, right? So eventually right. he takes the pig away, yeah. ties the pig up to keep it away from the camp. He, he ties the pig up. Ties the pig up, like puts a thing around its neck, like just like tr to try and keep dog. it safe. Yeah, yeah. The pig panics strangles itself on the rope that oh, Pete the Pirate tied around his neck. So Pete killed the pig. Right? Oh, Pete the Pirate. And then they're like, the rugby player guy's like, look, the pig's dead now. Let's eat the pig, right? Pete the Pirate's like, no. Makes this raft, gives the pig like a burial at sea, floats it out. It washes back up on the beach. Uh, eat the he pig. Cannot... So he's trying to save the pig. He killed the pig, yeah? He's trying to send the pig away. The pig come back. They're like, mate, should we just eat this fucking pig now? Yeah. So that basically delivered itself to us. Wouldn't let him eat the pig because he's been a pescatarian for six weeks. As soon as I saw that, I was like, I ain't having Peter fucking pirate, mate, and keep him. Nah, yeah, that's weird. Six weeks. Would you mean just had a six fucking weeks. ropey bacon sarnie or Probably, something? Probably, mate. Yeah, or like a bad chicken ticker or something. You yeah. know what I mean? And he's gone off meat for six weeks. I yeah, bet he's not, probably back on the meat now. Not, not having that. Um, no, not having it. But I'll always remember that. He just, he was trying to save the pig and he's the one who killed it. Yeah, that's jokes, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's not jokes. Any animal lovers, it's, it's you know, very, very sad. No, it's just the whole situation is actually quite funny because he mean, was the one trying yeah, to save it. That's fucking, it is funny. Look, it's funny that he tried to save the pig and no, he ended mate, up My whole family's it. in the meat industry. One pig on an island is not going to change the meat industry. No. You know what I mean? But how do you think you'd fare in the old Big Brother house? Um, now? Yeah. Good. Back in the using days. No, you wouldn't have been able to do it. No, I wouldn't have been able to do it, mate. No. My behaviour would have been off key. But now, yeah, sweet. I feel like usually, I'm pretty stable all the time. But they usually, the whole thing with Big Brother is they usually get people that are really crazy characters from just different parts of the country. Yeah. You know what I mean? So actually, I think you could potentially be in there. Now. Now, and like, you know, when they come in and they do like the entry tapes. Yeah. Um, and you might have seen, if you don't know what I'm talking about, like before they make their entrance into the house, they play a bit of music, they've got a VT, mm. and they're like, hey, I'm so-and-so from Sully Hole, you know what I mean? Yeah. And they tell them a bit about themselves. They do the same with um, like Love Island and places like yeah. that. And I thought, well, if White Boy's going in the Big Brother house. You've got to do an audition tape. Got to, no, he's got to, no, not an audition tape. He's going to do an entry tape. Okay. And I've written one. 
Right. And I thought I'd... <laughs> for me? For you. Oh, brilliant. I thought I was just going to have to improvise then, James. You've saved me, Matt. I so appreciate I've, it. Um, I've sent you some music to play. <laughs> okay, I'll play the intro music. And um, I was just going to do your, your VT now. Let me get it up. Okay. Yeah, tell me when you're ready. Make sure the music's by the mic. You ready? I'm ready. Play it right up. It's up. Go to the start again, sorry, mate. Here we go. Hello, my name's Chris White from Romford, but you can call me White Boy. I used to be a drug addict before I sorted my life out. Now I'm clean and sober, and I've found a new zest for life. <laughs> my best qualities are my bald head, my caring nature, and one of my best mates drives a Lambo. <laughs> Flash cunt. <laughs> for the last three years, I've been telling people I'm going to get in phenomenal shape, and I truly mean it. <laughs> Trouble is, now I've put down the hard stuff, I'm addicted to McDonald's. Aside from my lovely family, the thing I'll miss most in the house is my mate Jamesy. I know he's got a small cock and he wears his mum's knickers, but he's alright. So get ready, big brother. White boy's in town and he's coming to play all the bum holes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But do you know who I think would probably be more entertainment in the house than White Boy? Oh. Who do you think? The OSB. The OSB. Yeah. So he'd get cancelled, mate. He'd get cancelled. I don't think he'd end up in the Big Brother house because he's it's known for his diversity, his inclusion. Mm. It's Plus, not, he'd have to go through a vetting process and yeah, then find him out a minute. But listen, one. let's say he ends up in the Big Brother house. Mm. I've written him a little VT as well. So if you can run that track again, please, white boy. Right from the start. Hello, my name's the old school bastard. I'm 60 year old plumber from Collier Row in Essex. If I had to describe myself in one word, it would be geezer. I say it like it is. My pet hates are lefties, Spurs fans, and illegal immigration. <laughs> in my spare time, I like watching GB News, telling George James that he ain't that funny, and moaning about, you guessed it, illegal immigration. <laughs> Behind this tough guy facade, I'm actually a pretty good bloke, loyal, hardworking, and I look after you. Proper salt of the earth. I've got three sons, although I probably won't talk about them much in the house because they're all shit at football. <laughs> <laughs> what will I bring to the house? Expect 20 fags a day, strong cups of tea and an unwavering loyalty to Margaret Thatcher. My guy. Welcome to the house. <laughs> the old school bastard. He'd be great nice, in that mate. house. Yeah, no, nah, mate, you can't have the OSB on telly. Look. I was looking for a couple of clips. You know what Jimmy Bullard brought up? Like, how did he survive on live telly for seven years yeah, in this climate? The OSB, he just, he ain't gonna, he's not gonna make it through, mate. No, he's not gonna make it through. He's not gonna make it through. No, what do you think he'd make in your three years? The OSB? Yeah. I'd like to think he's proud of me, but like, if he don't believe in mental health, he probably don't believe in drug addiction. No, you of course know what he mean? doesn't. He just thinks you enjoy just it. put it down, you fucking silly cunt. You know what I mean? <laughs> Funny enough, my brother said the same to me. He was like, just stop doing it. Just stop like, do Why didn't I think of that? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I, rem stop. I remember going to your brother's meat shop and he goes, and this was right in your grip. Yeah, the other brother I was just talking about, but this is good as oh, well. Oh, okay. Go oh, yeah, your yeah. younger brother, the good looking one. 
Yeah, yeah, the one who's better looking than everyone else. Yeah, that one. the one. The one who's... Mate, I'm getting a bit worried about you, my little. Yeah, no, he's, he's a handsome geezer. Yeah. Um, he just goes. Like, I was like, oh, you know, like he's struggling, like it's addiction. He's like, James, he's just a fucking liability. Yeah. No, you were saying. No, I think he's all right. Now. I think he's all right now. Yeah. You're like, no, he's not. You're like, nah. Um, do you know what? I've had a bit of a brainwave. Should we call the OSB and just see what he makes of your three years? Yeah. Let's see if we get him on the phone. Like, we can always edit it out if he says anything too bad. Yeah. Let's have a go. See if he answers. Is he going to answer? Just James. Fucking hell, Sam. <laughs> fucking hell. Uh, I'm getting a call up. How are you doing, OSB? You good? I'm good, Sam. Good. Listen, mate, you're live on the podcast. Please do not swear. What now? You're live, mate, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> Why not? I can't swear. You can't swear, mate, but you oh, can... fuck that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we just wanted yeah, to get your view. White boy is three years sober today and uh, just wanted to see if you've got, yeah, any sort of words of congratulations. No, mate, I preferred him when he was on the gear. <laughs> <laughs> much better geezer, mate, so I'd, I'd much preferred him on the gear. And you, son, you know. <laughs> That's I like so much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say more, mate, but if I'm live, oh, you've done me, you've done me, haven't you? You yeah. funny, funny fucker. Well, listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right. we'll have to get you on soon, mate. You fancy coming on for Christmas? What, is that my present? Um, here's your present. You can come and cunt us for an hour if you want. Fucking, I'll have it, mate. I'll pay you. All right, mate. Lovely. Oh, well, have you upped your uh, money up for my poem yet or what? What's that? Have you upped your money up for my poem? For your poem? No, the offer's still no, there. No, no, the offer's still there. Listen, mate, what you've got to understand is... I'm having conversations as we speak. You got a couple of you got a couple of snakes. Uh, you got a couple of uh, snitches in in the camp, mate. So no, mate, nah, that ain't happening. Mate, I'm telling you, I'm no, talking to a couple is. of people. <laughs> I will bet you double than you offered me for that poem that no one would say a word. Mate. <laughs> I wouldn't be so sure, mate. I wouldn't be so sure. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, listen, I'll All give right. you a call later. Yeah. Yeah, crack on. Later. Cheers, mate. See ya. Bye bye. <laughs> Jokes. I preferred him better when he was on the gear. Listen, you did have a, you were fun on a night out. I was good on a night out. Yeah, I was very fun the next I, day. I prefer this guy here, but um, listen, I think that's us for another episode. Nice, mate. mate. Congratulations on three Thank years you, mate. sober. I really appreciate it. I love you to bits. Love you too, bro. Um, and it's just so good to see how you've turned your life around. You're fucking. You are. I look up to you as someone that has turned it around massively. You know what I mean? You are someone I always rely on, always lean on. Um, and I just think people can learn so much from you, mate. So I love you to bits, man. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. And uh, what they got to do on the old YouTube, white boy? Um, go subscribe to We Are L17 on YouTube. Please leave us a like, leave us a comment, and uh, hit the bell icon if you never want to miss a video. Lovely stuff. And you know what to do on Spotify and Apple Podcast by now. Rate us five stars on there. Share it with your friends and family. And listen, we've got the live show on the 13th of December. And if you're a proper Josh James listener, we want to see you there. I think if something like 5 or 10% of the regular listeners come to the show, then we're going to sell it out. So yeah. 
we'd love to do that because it's still early days for the podcast. So, and we've got a great night lined up, haven't we? It's going to be fantastic. It's going to be fantastic. Um, and all the characters are going to be there. Um, we've got a few special surprises. Yeah. And you've got to be there. You've got to get a ticket if you want to see what we're talking about. So um, thanks so much, white boy. Uh, and we'll see you all next week. See you later.